Together, as always, we pray. Come, Holy Spirit. We surrender to you and give you permission to do whatever it is you desire to do. Lord, make our minds and hearts and souls the fertile soil of the gospel that your word may bear great fruit in our life. Lord, illuminate these scriptures for us. Convict and console our hearts. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. The Spirit led Jesus into the desert. Why is that? The Scripture tells us the Spirit led Jesus into the desert to be tempted by the devil. Like, come on. I mean, aren't we on the same team? You know, like, what's this about? Why are you leading me into the desert to be tempted by the devil? He led, the Spirit led Christ into the desert to be tempted by the devil to do a couple of things. One is to, to undo the sin of Adam and Eve, right? to make reparation and healing for the sin of Adam and Eve and to accomplish what they did not accomplish, and to accomplish for us what we cannot accomplish on our own, and that is victory over the enemy, victory over Satan. Right? And Adam and Eve, we, we know that we go back to the beginning, this was in a garden. It was in a garden when they were, they were tempted by the enemy and through their sin, the fall, and the reality and the consequences of sin in the world. So it's interesting, right? Jesus, where does the Spirit lead him to be tempted by the devil? Into the desert. Representing the world, the fallen world that was a garden and is now a desert. And so the Spirit leads him into the desert. And so Jesus, it tells us, you know, there are many times in Scripture where, I don't know about you, but I just have to laugh. Like, okay, gotcha, pretty obvious, right? Jesus was in the desert for 40 days. He didn't eat any food. And then, and then St. Luke tells us, and he was hungry. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I, I, was, I was wondering, like, was he, you know? After not eating for 40 days, was he hungry? Was he not hungry? And he was hungry. And then the first temptation, right? If you are the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. Now, the human body, and I looked this up, right? Like, with water can last 40 days with no food. But I mean, you're, you're in extreme starving. Like for the first week, you experience hunger. And then after that, your body's like, okay, no food. We turn off hunger. We're just literally in survival mode. But then once you get close to like 30-something days, hunger kicks back in like crazy. Like we have to have food or we're going to die. I would imagine that, that most of us in, in this, we're like, we, we get hungry, right? And you, we say all the time, like, I'm starving. But probably none of us, maybe some of us, but, but most of us probably have never really experienced this sensation, the reality of physical starvation. And the body literally screaming 
for food. And so the temptation, I mean, again, we've just experienced hunger and quote-unquote starving. The temptation is so real and so visceral. Like, here it is, right in front of you, turn those stones into bread. His body's screaming for this. But you know what? Underneath that is a deeper temptation and a more vicious one. And it comes with the first line, if you are the son of God. The real temptation here is to distrust God as a loving father. The temptation is about Jesus' identity as a son based on the identity of who God is. Is God a loving father? Because a loving father would not lead you into the desert and starve you. He must be a tyrant. He must be one who is afraid of you and jealous of you and trying to place his thumb upon you. Because a father would not lead you to starve. Right, and how many times for us, like, this is the fundamental temptation. This is the same temptation back in the Garden of Eden. And the temptation is this, the same, like, hey, did, uh, did God tell you not to eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? No, he said, yeah, don't eat unless we would die. And he's like, well, no, 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 no. He's afraid that if you eat of this, then you will be as powerful as him and you will be like him. So he's trying to keep you down. You know, he's the man trying to hold you down, right? He's not a loving father. He's a tyrant. And so what you long for, what you need, what your body is literally aching for in your heart, right? Likeness to the Lord, communion with him, just Take it. Just grasp at it because God doesn't want to give it to you, so you have to rely on yourself. Don't trust him. This is the fundamental temptation. The catechism tells us this. He says, man, speaking of Adam and Eve, right, tempted by the devil, let his trust in his creator die in his heart. And abusing his freedom, disobeyed God's command. This is what man's first sin consisted of. And it continues, all subsequent sin, right? All of our sin would be disobedience toward God and a lack of trust in his goodness. Like, this is it. Every time we sin, that fundamentally underneath it, it's like, you know what, Lord? You are not providing for me what I need. So I'm going to take it for myself because I cannot trust you to be a loving father to provide it for me. So I'm going to take matters into my own hands. Again, whether it's greed, pride, lust, envy, vanity, you name it. I long for something. I want something. God is my enemy, or at least I can't trust him. So I'm going to grab it for myself. The fundamental temptation but what does Jesus say? What is Jesus' response? He says, man does not live on bread alone. Now, St. Matthew gives us a fuller thing, what he, what he says. He says, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. So what is Jesus saying, right? His body, again, is screaming, hey, bro, 
bread, okay? Actually, hamburger, you know? Like, do it. <laughs> Let's eat. We're going to die. But Jesus trusts the Father. He trusts the Father. Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. What was the last word that Jesus heard right before this temptation from the Father? He just came from his baptism. So what did he hear? This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Again, the temptation. God is not a father. He's a tyrant. He's starving you. And Jesus says, no, I will not believe the lie. Even in the midst of starvation, I will believe that God is my father. That the father loves me. And that into his hands, I can entrust my entire life, my entire being. Brothers and sisters, for us, every temptation to sin is the same temptation. You cannot trust God to provide for you what you really long for. And you see right now, you're suffering because of it. You're suffering some lack that you really want and so just go get it yourself. Just go grasp because you cannot trust him. And so this is why it's so important for us, as St. Paul says in his letter to the Romans, chapter 12, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Why? Because in the midst of temptation, most of the time, like reason is going out the window or reason is rationalizing. Like, well, you know, I mean, come on. God wouldn't want me to starve. Like, what do you really, you know, God, I mean, God wouldn't mind so much if I did this, or I took a little bit of that, or I had a little bit of this. I mean, I really love them, yada, 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 you know, I mean, just all along there, right? But to know the truth, to know the truth, Lord, what have you taught in Scripture? Lord, what have you drawn out in the beauty of the teaching of the church based, right, from Scripture and natural law and moving? Like, what is the truth, Lord? Because that's where I'm going to stand. I'm going to trust you. Even if I'm like Jesus, right, this temptation in the desert was a preparation for the temptation on the cross. Where Jesus, in his human mind, in his human heart, cries out what? My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? The temptation, again, Satan comes back again. He's not your father. You're on the cross. What father would lead you to the cross? He's a tyrant. Do not trust him. And again, Jesus, right, like in his human mind, you are like feeling this, feeling the weight of this. But he makes, he makes by the renewal of his mind, right, by the renewal, the trusting in the truth, this surrender to the father. Father, into your hands, I commend my spirit. And what does St. Paul tells us in his letter to the Philippians? It's a hymn that the early Christians would sing. He says, Christ, though who was in the form of God, right, who was God himself, did not deem equality with God something to be grasped. What is this allusion to? Adam and Eve in the garden, grasping at the knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, grasping at divinity for themselves and not to be given a participation in the life of God through surrender to him. So he did not grasp at it. Rather, he humbled himself and took on the form of a servant, 
being born in the likeness of man, humbling himself even unto death. And in this, God highly exalted him. God highly exalted him. And so when we, in the midst of temptation, our bodies, right, our minds, whatever it is, they're telling us, if you don't do this, you're going to die. You have to rely on yourself. Believe me, like, (laughs) daily, this is in my head. Like, hey, if you don't say this thing or you don't do this thing or you don't try to control this thing, you don't try to fix this thing, you don't try to grasp this thing, then, like, you're going to lose control. You're going to die. Something's going to be wrong. But if we stop and listen, we can surrender to the still, small voice of the Spirit who tells us we do not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. And the Lord has told us, in and through Christ, and in and through the Spirit, that we are his sons and his daughters. That we are his sons and his daughters. And we need not grasp at anything but to surrender ourselves into his hands. And so I'll read again this prayer. Maybe we'll all memorize it if I keep reading it again on Sundays. Of blessed Charles de Foucault. And he writes this as a meditation, actually, of Jesus on the cross, like a fuller prayer of Jesus on the cross. And so we pray it together. We pray that we begin this Lenten season, ourselves entering into the desert with Christ, empowered by the Spirit, to do battle with Satan so that we might be victorious in Christ. Father, I abandon myself into your hands. Do with me what you will. Whatever you may do, I thank you. I am ready for all. I accept all. Let only your will be done in me and in all your creatures. I wish no more than this, O Lord. Into your hands I commend my soul. I offer to you with all the love of my heart, for I love you, Lord, and so need to give myself, to surrender myself, into your hands without reserve and with boundless confidence, for you are my Father.